Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but we want to acknowledge our partners, Vital Signs Wall of Fame, the Florida Coaches Coalition, We Coach, and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. You heard me say many times, and it's true, these are four great organizations. You should really have them on your network. And now, don't hit that fast forward button. I'm watching you. Stay with us for the next three minutes. We're going to give our uh, sponsors a shout out. These are all companies that I used as an athletic director. You should be using them too. Here we go. We want to thank Gipper for their support of the podcast. Gipper is the official social media graphic solution for us. And if you go to Gipper.com, their team is going to show you how to create world-class content for your school's social media channel. Uh, Gipper is used and trusted by over 3,000 athletic departments across the country. It's professional graphic design made simple. Go to Gipper.com, mention the podcast, you'll get a nice discount. That's Gipper.com. We also want to thank Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Go to their website, check out their interactive touch screen. That's right, touch screen video consoles. It's a great way to show off your school record boards for all the teams, for all the sports, your school's Hall of Fame. Or simply showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Mention the podcast to them. You'll also get a nice discount. Vitalsignswalloffame.com. We want to thank Hometown Ticketing for their support. Go to hometownticketing.com. It's digital ticketing that offers more. More support, more security, more customization. Hometown's the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. I don't think I need to say anything more. Hometown is here to help you make the best solution for online ticketing. We want to thank Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Tables and Video Boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo. See their score tables and their score boards in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made. Their products not only generate income for your department, they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. That's sidelineinteractive.com. We'd like to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years. When I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a Huddle school, and our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that helped them coach our kids up to their highest level. At Huddle, we believe in sports, and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 8 million users. Turn your school into a huddle school. We also want to say thanks to Snap Raise. Are you tired of doing fundraisers, spend hours and hours that give you little, if any, return? Stop right here. Go to snapraise.com slash E-D-A-D. Snap Raise is hands down the best online fundraiser out there. We used it at our school with great success, and you're going to love it too. They also have uh, a platform with Snap Store, Snap Manage, Snap Connect, and a lot of other applications to help you do your job better. Go to snapraise.com. We'd like to thank Home Campus. They're the exclusive high school and state association management platform for us. It's also your one-stop platform for um, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, for scheduling, for facility management. All you have to do is go to homecampus.com to get started. That's homecampus. Com. And we'd like to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. 
go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey that lets you take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. Athletic directors already hear back from the complainers, the people who want to gripe about everything. Did you know that really only constitutes about 2% of your population? Athletic surveys will connect you with the 2%, but they'll also connect you with the 98% that supports your program. That's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent or your principal or even your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Let them create that custom survey. It's going to help you take your athletic program from good to great. Athleticsurveys.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational 80 Podcast. We're staying right in Florida today, and we always have cool guests, but we got a really cool guest today. Uh, her name is Melissa Tomlinson. She's a longtime educator. She's a longtime coach. She is a football coach, and uh, we connected um, uh, on LinkedIn. I think we connected on LinkedIn. Maybe it was Twitter, but I just said, I've got to get Melissa on the podcast. So Melissa Tomlinson, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Well, good afternoon. It's nice. It's after school. So I have time to talk with no interruptions of students. Oh, well, again, we appreciate you taking some time uh, to visit with us. For our listeners, we're recording this on November 6th. 6th so it's going to be very timely when you're actually listening to it. Melissa, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that bio, where you were born, where you grew up. Maybe for this part, take us up through your own high school and college years, and then we'll take our first break. But what's the Melissa Tomlinson origin story? Well, it's kind of boring, but I grew up in a small town. I'm a Mississippi girl. Um, as you can see, I bleed maroon. Um, still do to this day, Mississippi State. Um, heart and soul. Um, so just grew up in a small town, private school, um, playing basketball, playing any sport, any ball that I was allowed to play, to be honest with you. Um, had brothers. Uh, grew up in a time where um, girls played girl sports and boys played boys sports. And I was very athletic and didn't understand why my brothers got to play baseball and um, I didn't. And uh, as a matter of fact, I had to learn, I'm left-handed. So I had to learn to play with my brother's equipment, which meant that he was right-handed. So I had to use um, his glove and his bats and I had to bat like him because that's the way um, I saw him bat and that's the way dad taught us. So anyway, it was, it was interesting. And of course, when softball came along, I was um, a pretty mean shortstop. Um, played everywhere on the field except the bench. I was not riding a pine. Um, so just uh, grew up loving sports. I believe it's just intrinsic. Um, the competitiveness, uh, loved it, loved competition, loved watching excellence happen. Um, so um, hated to lose. Um, I love to win, but <laughs> as a competitor, I hated to lose. But um, went on to, you know, like I said, played high school, any sport they let me play, and then went on to uh, um, went on to Mississippi State. Well, I went to Holmes Junior College first. I guess now it's community college and um, couldn't play basketball. I don't think I was good enough to play with the big girls for that long, but ended up being a mascot, anything to keep me on the field, so to speak. Um, and then after that, went on to Mississippi State, my undergrad in um, sports communication. 
so I've done radio and television and any way to get me to the field. I always tell everybody to coach. I had to go kind of back door. Um, and at the time, the only way to get to the field was sports reporter. You had, um, you know, those ladies that were out there, um, Leslie, um, I can't think of uh, her name right now, but, you know, there's a lot of those, Pam Oliver was doing it, um, that she was, you know, in the locker room. And there's Leslie Visser was another one that I, um, a great mentor that I had the opportunity to talk to and work with. Um, but I had to figure out a way to get to the field and sports communication at that time was my avenue. ESPN have worked for them, um, doing whatever I could in the SEC to get to the field. And um, that's kind of how it, how I, uh, where I am now. And then coaching kind of, like I said, I had to start through the back door, whatever door they let me in is how I got there. <laughs> no, I, I, I love to hear the stories. I want to go back to those high school days. Uh, again, I'm a lot older than, than you. So when you were in uh, high school, you mentioned anything with a ball. What was the philosophy of your coaches in high school? Um, had club sports got going at all? Was there any pressure to do a single sport year round or was it just one sport into the next season? No, we went um, the whole, I guess the whole um, um, going out every you know, every Saturday to play the club ball was never, never a thing back when I was growing up. These were in the eighties, right? Um, before that we, you played the sport in season. Um, of course, some softball was in the summer. Um, so, was, you know, we had, and I don't even think my high school had a, a formal girls softball league. That's why I was playing, you know, baseball. My brothers played baseball. Right. So, um, I played on the church league and that became, we moved from there to industrial league, but basketball track, it was never an option. If you wanted to play basketball, you ran track and because it kept you, and then it wasn't uh, optional either. It was mandatory. And that was the other thing too. There was never a question of what the coach told you to do. As long as he wasn't hurting you uh, physically, uh, you were, you were there. I mean, I remember running to the baseline one day because being late for practice was not an option, putting a shoe and a sock on at the same time to be there before the coach got to practice. And, um, you know, that they were just, I would say strict. And I never knew I had a first name. Um, it was always my last name because, and it was always my fault. Uh, I don't know what it was, but whatever in, you know, on the court, it was always something I did. And of course you, you know, you get tired of it when you're younger, but you don't realize that what they were seeing is what I try to instill in my players now is that the reason that I'm pushing you is because I see something in you, you don't see yet. And so I guess that was the major part of that is that I was just, I was fast. Um, I was determined and I hated riding the bench, um, sitting on the bench. So I was um, his worst nightmare, I guess. I don't know. But, um, you know, those are, as far as club ball, you played one sport, one sport went into the other sport and whatever spring ball was coming up or fall ball, you were always doing it. Um, it was never something that you didn't play. And coaching was entirely different then than it is now. There's no question. Um, right. You don't you don't question a coach back then. Oh no no absolutely. Uh, you it never occurred to you to do that. No. Um, 
one more question. You mentioned that you um, went the junior college route. I, I did that same thing a uh, hundred years ago. What was that transition like going from high school, playing multiple sports to JUCO where I guess you probably only focused on one. Yeah. Basketball was where I, where I wanted to play so desperately. Um, and I will have to admit, I wish I'd had more competition. You know, we were a single a ball team um, in high school. We were just a simple little basketball team. So the competition um, I wish I'd played city ball. I think, I think the competition would have been a little more fierce, would have made me, I don't know, a little nastier, maybe, um, <laughs> I don't know, a little more competitive on the court. Um, but it would have given me an opportunity to see a lot more than what I saw in single a. And if people don't know that single a double a triple a those, um, you know, the higher age you have, the, the, you know, sometimes the, the competition gets a little bit better, but uh, I just wish I'd been pushed a little bit more, but that was not the, you know, not the option. So when I got to college, I thought I could hang with the big girls and uh, it, it was a lot different for me. So in order to pay for college, you know, you do what you can. So the mascot position was available, which was a bulldog. Huh? Um, so I became the bulldog, Miss Bully. And uh, paid my way through college on scholarship to be able to do that. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do to be able to to get to college. So I, I love it. I, and, and that's what we do now as coaches and as athletic directors. We're figuring out a way to stay involved, you know, with that sport, with the teams. You know, great stuff. I love it. OK, I want to see some pictures of you in that uh, mascot <laughs> outfit. OK. <laughs> She was nice, I have to admit, but I tell you what, it was difficult because I talk a lot, and that's a rule in Bascottville is that you don't speak. Everything is hand and very large, and I, it, it killed me for an entire football game to not be able to say a word. I had to be totally animated. It was um, it was an adventure, let's just say. Well, you, you just said that much more saved up at the end of the game, right? <laughs> yeah. okay. For our listeners, uh, our guest today is Melissa Tomlinson. She's an educator. She's a longtime coach. She's a football coach. We're going to hear more about that later. Let's go and take our first break, uh, but we're coming back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Gipper for their support of the podcast. Gipper is the official social media graphics solution for us. And if you go to Gipper.com, their team, is going to show you how you can start creating world-class marketing content for your school's social media channel. Your kids are on social media, and if you're not, you're missing a great opportunity to promote your program, celebrate your teams, and your athletes. Gipper's used and trusted by over 3,000 athletic programs, both high school and college across the country. It's professional graphic design made simple. So simple, even I can use it. Go to gipper.com. Start creating world-class content for your school's social media channel. We also want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Go to their website and check out their interactive touchscreen, that's right, touchscreen video consoles. It's a great way to show off your school's record board for all the teams, for all the events, or your school's Hall of Fame, or simply showcase your school's diverse history, and your proudest moments. The website is vitalsignswalloffame.com. Let them help you bring your school's legacy to life. Mention the podcast, you'll get a nice discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Once again, our guest is Melissa Tomlinson, longtime educator and coach, uh, and she's right now she's in the state of Florida. Melissa, you kind of took us up through your college years there at Mississippi State. Um, share a little bit about your career path post college. Uh, you know, what were some of the stops you made? I know there were a lot, uh, but what were some of the stops that you made uh, that brought you to Florida? Well, um, I will tell you that my husband is from Florida. Um, he's a native Floridian, which are rare, um, but he is a native Floridian. And, um, you know, when we moved from uh, Startville back to Florida, I didn't really know what I was going to do. Like I said, I had a sports communication degree. And so teaching um, became an opportunity for me to be able to um to have an income, <laughs> you know, because ESPN is, you know, they're in Connecticut and, uh, and I had a family. So you have to make a decision as an adult on what you want to do. So you set your dreams aside for a little while and you do what pays the bills. And, and that's what we did. And, um, I got certified and became a, a, a teacher. I teach special education, but also the good thing is, is that there was a young coach who, he, you know, he too had begun his career and, uh, me being older at that point, I just went up to him and I said, Hey, listen, um, you know, if you need some help, I, and I was fortunate enough, which is really great because been involved, um, with coach Crooms, Sylvester Crooms, um, you know, his television show at Mississippi state and had the opportunity to learn a lot from listening, but being involved with that during that time, um, there as well. And uh, so it presented me an opportunity being around the athletic department to take it to um, to high school. And he let me um, join and uh, be a part of the Okeechobee High School football team um, back then. So that's where that began. And, and my passion to be on the field had begun. Um, I finally got the foot in the door, as they say. And um and I'm thankful every day for for Coach Croom and him allowing me to be a part of that because you know those those men like that are are the way I grew up you know having been coached. Um, it was a lot of stern and a lot of love, but you're going to do the job asked of you. Um, if not, you're going to find another job. So anyway, I got to watch that um, take place there at Mississippi State, and then come down and be able to put it to use. Being new and being a rookie around kids. I knew kids, I'd raise kids. Right. So, um, that expertise alone, it went a long way in coaching, um, because all it really, what you're doing is you're loving on kids to get them to be the very best they can be, whether you're teaching or coaching, but that's what you ultimately want to do as a coach. If you're not, you need them to find another job. Um, if, because if it's not to lift them up and to build them up to be their very best, then you're in it for the wrong reason. Um, so I had that expertise going for me, but, um, and then there we moved. Um, I will tell you this, I wanted to complete my master's degree. So I went back to Mississippi state during the summer, um, was working here, but traveling to Startville during the summers. And at that time, um, Dan Mullen had come on board at Mississippi state and, I was just old enough and bold enough. I walked into the athletic department and um, found the wide receiver coach and said, this is what I want to do. And they let me, he obviously got approval through Dan, but um, coach Mullen allowed me to 
get back in the athletic department and Katie bar the door. It was every day. So during the summer, again, raising my children and coming back to work during once this, once the summer was over, coming back to Okeechobee to teach and then going back in the summer. So that took me, um, it took me a while to do that, but um, during the course of getting my master's degree, I pulled the trigger my last year and said, I can't do this anymore. I got to finish this. So I went back to Mississippi State, left my job here after four years of teaching in Okeechobee, went back and finished my master's degree and went full time with the athletic department and um, was teaching. I was a TA in the kinesiology department, but working in the athletic department. So again, another opportunity to be able to just walk in and um, the boldness of saying, Hey, I, this is what I want to do. And, and Dan was um, like I said, coach Mullen was um, I think he was not an object. I don't think he really knew how much passion I had for my, what I was doing. And I think he kind of thought it was not going to last, but um, I stayed with it and it was unbelievable. The athletes that I got to serve and be around and still to this day, um, talk to. Um, so there were some, again, they're still kids, you know, they're still 18, 19 year old young men as big as they are. So that's, that's kind of how my journey, um, back and forth from there to my master's degree. Well, we talk about this a lot. It's, um, having that willingness you talked about being bold, you know, going in and introducing yourself and saying, Hey, I'd like to do this. Um, so many people don't do that or they hmm. wait too long to do it. And those opportunities are lost. So no, that that's a tremendous skill or tool, as we like to say, uh, to have in your toolbox. Um, what were some of the things that you did, you know, once you got up there and, and you were all in, you know, you were full-time uh, working in the athletic department. What was, um, what was your typical day like, uh, you know, work or was there a typical day? There was never a typical day. You've been around football. You know, there's no typical day, especially during, in the SEC. Um, but I would teach class. Uh, again, uh, my children were with me at this point. Um, my husband and I were living, he was living here and I was living there. So when you want a dream, you got to figure out how bad you want it and you make it happen. Right. So I took my girls up there. I was, they were going to school. I was teaching um, classes on, cl on, on campus, taking classes, obviously, but also every opportunity I had, I was in the athletic department and you're doing typical GA work. You're looking at film, you're helping at practice, um, you know, whatever you were allowed to do. If they asked me to empty the trash can, I was the best trash oh, yeah. taker ever that you had ever seen, right? Um, I don't care. I don't care. And you never know who's watching. You never know who's paying attention to the little things that you do and the, and the commitment that you have. I had the opportunity to work with Billy Gonzalez, who is a phenomenal wide receiver coach. He's now at Florida, who's their wide receiver coach. The amount that he poured in to me um, as being teaching exceptional wide receivers, just the little things, because it's never the big things, right? It's always those little things that make a great athlete, a great wide receiver. So I had that opportunity, um, but we'd be at practice and breaking, you know, putting things on the field and the hot grunt work that nobody wants to do, but everybody says they want to do is what, a, you know, a, a TA or I don't care. I don't care what you call me. Um, but you know, I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna so miss the bus. 
Um, so that's kind of some of the things that you're responsible for doing is whatever you're asked to do and you do it well. And, and sometimes you don't even do, you do things before it's asked of you. Um, and those are the kind of people that they're looking for um, in the athletic department. You, you kind of make it easy on the coaches to make their, because obviously we know what position coaches have to do. So I would do, and again, a teaching class too. And the funny thing is, on that note, um, I would have those guys in class because I was teaching in the kinesiology department and um, I'd see them in class and then I would see them on the field. So there's a different level of, um, what is it that you'd call it, uh, trust that those athletes had because they saw me in two different places. And it was, it was just a great bond. Like I said, those big offensive linemen, those wide receivers, they see you in both places. So it, it was a, just a great time, the best hardworking time that I've ever had. But the lessons that I learned are, will, will stay with me forever. Yeah. I'm going to, we're going to talk about those in a later segment, but you're absolutely right. You know, that, uh, bond that is created uh, when you are a teacher coach. You know, now I know high schools struggle to find, you know, teachers who also can and want to coach. But um, the student athletes that see you, they see what you put in, you know, the passion, the professionalism that you have on the field. And then they see that in a completely different setting in the classroom. You know, those create some very, very powerful bonds and connections. You certainly know that. And we're going to take another quick break. Uh, once again, our guest today is Melissa Tomlinson. She's a longtime educator and coach. Uh, we're going to hear a little bit more about her coaching career in our next segment. But uh, let's go and take that break. We're coming back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank our friends at Hometown Ticketing for their support. Go to hometownticketing.com. It's digital ticketing that offers more. Go to Hometown Ticketing. Their team is going to show you how to set up and sell tickets online for all your events, not just athletic events, but things like school plays, concerts, school dances, even graduation. And here's the best part. Every school gets assigned a dedicated client success manager that's going to provide you hands-on support every step of the way. That's every step of the way. Hometown's the leading digital ticketing provider for schools and colleges. It's digital ticketing that offers more, more support, more security, and more customization. Go to hometownticketing.com. Their team is going to help you make the best online ticketing solution. We'd also like to say thank you to Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables and scoreboards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Schedule a live web demo and see their scoreboards and their score tables in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made was our Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Table. Of course, we use it for home games, but we also used it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. Their products are tremendously versatile, and their customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Check out their great products today. We'd also like to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used huddle for years. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that huddle provided that let them coach our kids up to the highest level. 
Go to huddle.com, join the 8 million users, and turn your school into a huddle school. That's huddle.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Melissa, um, again, you and I have had a chance to talk a couple of times, and and I know a little bit of your background. Um, Can you share with our listeners how you became um, and, and this is my language, so you can smack me if I if I'm <laughs> inappropriate here. A real college football coach, okay? You know, you're not a GA, uh, <laughs> but you're a real college football coach here in Florida. How did that happen? Well, again, it's a lot of networking, um, a lot of friendships. I don't know if it's really networking, but it is friendships. Um, um. Coach Burks, who is now at Warner University, he and I, again, when I was coaching high school ball, and I, I actually ended up, I was also coaching in Georgia for a while and met Coach Burks. Um, he had just, we had moved to Georgia uh, through my husband's job, and we were going to this, to um, LaGrange, Georgia. And I found out that Coach Burks um, was going to be the head coach of, um, LaGrange High School. Didn't know him then, but again, my boldness, I said, well, I can't stop coaching. It's kind of like stop breathing. You have to coach, right? So um, I called him up. I got his number, called him up and said, hey, um, I'm going to be teaching not at his school, but at another school in that district. Callaway High School, Troop High School, and LaGrange High School all share that that same area. If you know anything about Georgia, it's a big, a big um, district right there. So um, anyway, he and I met and I told him what I wanted to do and told him what I had been doing. And um, I didn't get to work for him at that particular point, but I had helped him during the summer. And we just kind of kept in contact. I followed him around. The funny thing is um, he was, he played at EKU, um, Eastern Kentucky. And my son-in-law also coached there because my son-in-law is also a football coach. Hmm. So it's in our, it's in our family, I guess. But um, so I stayed in contact with coach Burks and then I saw on, I can't even remember where I saw it, maybe even Facebook and I saw him, I said, oh, congratulations um, that you're, you know, you're down. And I was back in Florida at that time. And he's, uh, I said, congratulations. It's good to see you guys in Florida. And he called me up and we got to talking about um, football and, you know, he knew how passionate I was about it and how much I, I, you know, I was also teaching too. And he asked, me some questions didn't know I was interviewing at the time but I just thought like you and I are speaking that we just had a conversation and he asked me to come on board I've been teaching special teams I'm a special teams coach um I'm a kicker coach I will say that special teams um but I coach kickers and I know how to coach kickers well and um and I told him that and um so I became, you know, help with their special teams, but also I also coach tight ends. So I love tight ends as well. They're just big wide receivers, you know, but they do a little blocking. And uh, so that's kind of how it all began my college career. And I'm just very grateful. Again, it, it just, it's connections. It's about people, about friendships and, and networking, but it is really about a connection and knowing these people know you and they trust you and they know, uh, how much you love what you do, but also the 
the people that you coach, you they matter to you. And that's what it all boils down to because you want a guy to, to, to play for you, but you also want to know that, that 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 young man knows that you care about him as well. And I think Coach Burks knew that, that I'm very passionate about my players and wanting them to be successful, not just on the field, but also off the field, because that's, um, you know, football is just an avenue um, for these guys to be able to fulfill their, as I say it, their destiny, um, whatever their whatever they want to do in life, football is just an avenue for that. So that's how I became a college football coach. And let me tell you something, there's not really much difference between a football coach and a GA. We all do grunt work, regardless of it's long hours and it's hot. Um, uh, the bodies are a little bit bigger in college than they are in high school. Um, but sometimes the mistakes are the same. I don't care what, what you do. Um, they still go back to the fundamentals and that's what you have to teach them at, at whatever level. And you got to be good at teaching fundamentals. So that's, that's how I made it to um, the college um, college field is through just connections His bottom line is just connections and staying true to the people that you've known and just friendships. You bring up a couple of good points on the connections aspect. Yeah. Th there is that, who you know aspect to it. But at the same time, if you didn't put in the work, if you didn't demonstrate to those people that you got to know that you can do the job, you know, they've got a lot of friends that they're not going to call and offer a job to, you know, they're offering you that job because of what they've seen, uh, proven performance. So, uh, yeah, it is who, you know, but you also have to know what the heck you're doing. Uh, and, and I love the point you brought out about you know, the, maybe the difference between high school and college, there really isn't that much difference. You know, I uh, coached Juco and then uh, D2 before coming back to college is, or coming back to high school. Uh, and yeah, the kids are bigger, they're faster, but they're still kids. And, <laughs> you know, you're, they're still looking at you like, coach, what do you got for me? You know, help me out here. So you got to be able to have the answers. And obviously, you know, you've had those answers uh, because, right. you know, you, you keep coming back. Um <laughs> Uh, for our listeners, um, Melissa is also uh, an aspiring athletic director. You know, she is, uh, you know, enhancing her resume with experiences and coursework to become an AD. So uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Melissa. Yeah. Looking back at your own career as an athlete, you know, and your career as a coach, both high school and college, there's always moments of significance. And sometimes when they're happening, we don't know that they're significant. Can you look back at your career uh, again, as an athlete, as a coach and think about, well, Hey, I remember this happened when I was a junior, or this happened as a rookie coach and it really didn't make much of an impression at the time. But now that you've been in the profession for a few years, you can look back on that moment and say, Hey, that was significant. Anything come to mind for you? Um, I think I think I alluded to that earlier. Is that I never really understood why my why my coach was on me all the time. Um, why I was the one, no matter where I was on the court, I could hear his voice because I was doing something wrong. Um, I thought, um, but I think. You know, as you and when you're young and you're in that moment, you you think that they hate you. Um, 
or they don't, they don't have your best interest. And I remember going home and telling my dad, I said, dad, I said, this is ridiculous. And I've never uttered the words I want to quit ever in sports. It's just not in my DNA. It is, it was very difficult. And I told my dad, I said, I don't understand how coach, um, he's just on me all the time and I never do anything right. And, you know, he's making us run all the time because I'm doing blah, 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 whatever I was doing wrong. And he, my dad looked at me and he goes, well, then quit. And I'm like, what? No, I don't want to quit. I just want you to take care of coach and tell him to leave me alone. And, you know, but he didn't do that. Um, I had a decision to make and I had to see it. And I think afterwards you look at it and go, wow, he was really pushing me because I think that girl is this lady now, this woman coach now, because if you're not willing to persevere, you're going to get your butt kicked really quickly. And they're going to, you're going to get devoured if you don't have that type of mentality where I don't want to quit. Um, no, that's not what I want. Um, because if you don't have somebody driving you to be your best and to do your best, you'll be average. And we weren't created to be average. So you want that coach that's going to be on you all the time to be able to push you well past what you think you can handle. And I think that was a big moment for me. Um, and I look back at it now and I still do. I, I, I think about those years when I was playing ball and running people off the softball field because they weren't doing their job and I do their job and my job too. But that tenacity is who I am to this. I mean, the person that you're talking to now, I would probably, I'm just that nasty person on the field now. Like if I was competing with you tying your shoes, I would be trying to beat you to tie your shoes. That's the competitor that I am. And that's what I drive home in my athletes every single time I'm on the field with them is that you're not created to be average. So I'm not going to let you be average. Um, and if average is what you want, there's, then, you know, maybe this sport's not for you because to be the top of the, the cream of the crop, um, you know, to make it to college ball, you know, there's not a, there's not a bunch of them out there. And so for you to be, um, pretending to be average at the next level, that's, that's a false statement. So I think that would be probably my biggest, um, and I still use it to this day. It is who I am right now. Now, I, I'm so glad you shared that. Uh, it's one of those intangibles. Uh, you know, it's hard to quantify unless you're just there and you see it. And, uh, you know, I can see, I can feel that intensity. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm glad we're on the other side of these Zooms here. Okay. <laughs> uh, for our listeners, uh, our guest is Melissa Tomlinson, longtime teacher, longtime coach. Uh, we're going to take another break. I know that's shocking for our regular listeners, but uh, we are coming back with some more. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Snap Mobile. Have you spent hours or sometimes days and weeks with a fundraising platform that gives you little, if any, return? You need to stop right here and go to snapraise.com slash E-D-A-D. That's snapraise.com slash E-D-A-D. Um, Snapraise is hands down the best online fundraiser out there. We used it at my schools with great success. Our coaches loved it. Our parents loved it. Our finance office loved it. And bottom line, it works. They even have a program where they will give you your funding. 
before you actually start your fundraiser. Nobody else does that. Go to snapraise.com. You'll also find platforms like Snap Store, Snap Connect, and Snap Manage. They're all designed to help you do your job better. And you're automatically entered in a $1,500 drawing for your next SnapRaise fundraiser. That's snapraise.com slash E-D-A-D. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Home Campus. Go to homecampus.com. Check out all the ways that they can help you. As an athletic director, I used Home Campus every single day, and it was just great. And the Home Campus team was great to work with, too. They should be your one stop for things like scheduling, for athletic clearance and eligibility, and a whole lot more. And like I said, all you have to do to get started is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest, once again, is Melissa Tomlinson. Melissa, I should have done this in the previous segment, so shame on me. But if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, um, um, add you to their network, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Um, probably email would probably be good. Um, they can reach me at mtomlinson12812 at gmail. I'm also on Twitter at CoachT4. Um, you can find me there. I, I get a lot of film. Um, a lot of guys drop their film in there. <laughs> Uh, a lot of kickers and stuff. So yeah, I say uh, um, that's probably the best way, either Twitter or ooh, my email. Okay. And we're going to give that information out again at the end of the podcast. Sure. Melissa, one of the things we try to do with this podcast is the idea of sharing best practices. So um, once again, I'm going to put you on the spot. You've had a chance to work with some pretty successful programs over the years, and it sounds like you do a great job too. What are some best practices that you have either seen from other leaders or that you use in your programs that you can pass on to our listeners? Um, I was thinking about this. I will tell you this. Um, one of the best guys that I have worked with um, in Division One ball was not only the coaches, but Matt Bayless, <clears throat> Matt Bayless, who was the strength and conditioning coach at Mississippi State while I was there. He was probably the most intense and still is probably intense strength and conditioning coach I've ever come around. Not a lot of women. I don't think any woman was allowed in his weight room um, before I got there um, to be. And I was, again, just observing and watching because he knew how passionate I was. But the little things matter. Um, the little things like finishing, getting there on time, um, because if you're arrogant, and think that your time is more important than someone else's, um, you know, that's, that's not something that is going to help you be successful. Um, showing up on time, if you're, and you know, you've always heard this, if you're on time, you're late. Um, so you got to be there early. Um, you know, do your job, um, carry your load and, and make sure that if somebody else is not doing theirs, you're, you, that you're calling them out um, because it is a team sport. There's no I in it. That's a corny um, saying, but there is no I in team. And it's, if it's all about you, then again, we'll, we will suffer. But he taught me a lot um, just how to the work ethic. Um, again, you're not average. 
Uh, you're you're at a Division One football. Uh, you're in Division One ball player. Then you need to act like that, and you need to make sure that you're doing the little things like touching the line. Um, because and I remember seeing this, and this is what I tell my players too: the goal line, um, you have to cross it to score. It's not to the line; it's over the line. So those little bitty things that I still try to instill in my football players. I, I learned those and watching these guys that, that play all the time. And um, the other thing is, is that back up what you say, um, you know, a lot of people will watch you, but, you know, but, and they'll listen to you, <clears throat> but they're more watching you. Are you going to do what you say you're going to do? And students watch that. Um, that's why I run with my players. I'm not going to ask them to do something I'm not willing to do. I can't lift as much as them, but I'm going to lift. Um, I can run as fast as them, but they sure don't want to run as long as I can run. Um, so I, I try to instill those things. That's the same things that I would witness um, when I was in school and watching these guys, um, um, these men, I should say, that they would, they would lead. Coach Kroom was a big rule follower. Um, no matter who you were, um, he came in and completely revamped Mississippi State football. And I think that was a changing, that was a big change for us when he came in from where we were to what we became because he held his line. You're going to do it the way I tell you you're going to do it. And it made a difference. Those men that he coached needed that leadership and, and, um, it was great to watch. And sometimes you just sit back and you think and you go, wow, to be around those people. Um, I'm just humbled that I had the opportunity to do that. But there's so many tools that I think back. Um, but a lot of it was just follow through. Do what you say you're going to do. And a lot of people don't do that anymore. Right. They talk a good game. Um, but when the rubber hits the road, when you get on that 100 yards, um, do what is what you say you're going to do actually being portrayed on the turf because let me tell you something football will embarrass you quickly if you don't do the little things right um so it's unforgiving um as a sport because if you don't do it it'll it'll certainly show you up well great insights thanks so much for sharing and you just made an old guy's uh day you <laughs> use that term where the rubber meets the road you know you <laughs> You need to be of a certain age to appreciate and understand where that comes from. But yeah. again, so very true. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for coming on the podcast. This has been really cool, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always end with a segment we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now you're not an athletic director, but you're an aspiring athletic director. And you certainly know your way around the world of athletics. So we're going to take our final break here from athletic surveys who sponsored this segment. And when we come back, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new AD on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three tools in the toolbox. So <laughs> let's take that final break. And when we come back, we're going to find out what Melissa Tomlinson is going to put into her new athletic director toolbox. We want to thank athletic surveys for sponsoring the toolbox segment. Athletic surveys are a quick, easy, and an affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic directors already hear back from the complainers, the uh, people who want to gripe about everything. 
you realize that usually only makes up about two or three percent of your population. Athletic surveys will connect you to that small group, but they'll also connect you to that vast majority that supports your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent or your principal or even your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey that'll let you take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We have been visiting today with Melissa Tomlinson, uh, educator, a coach. Uh, it has a tremendous background in athletics, but right now I'm going to challenge her to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let her put three things in the toolbox. <laughs> so, Melissa, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? Okay, so um, I thought about this, and this is a great book that I read one time, um, and I, this, this saying is awesome, and it's like A's hire A's, B's hire C's, and C's hire D's. Look for A's. Um, be willing to find someone who may be better than you um, and talks different than you and maybe even disagrees with you. Um, you don't want group think. I think the best coach or athletic team is people who have different views on different things. So hire an A, that um, be an A, but hire an A. Don't be afraid to hire because a lot of people hire Bs because they're, they are afraid of their position being taken. But most of the time, great leadership, I guess this would be my second one, great leaders lift other people up. You don't see the leader. The leader is on the bottom lifting people up. So be that kind of AD. Uh, don't be seen, but know that your hand is is in it. So be a great leader um, and you don't have to shine. Always be willing to pick those people up. And um, I don't know, That's I guess that's a big one for me is that I don't like being seen, but I definitely like other people to shine. And also, um, I think another one for me is love what you do. Love your sport. Love the sport. Um, I think AD sometimes get caught up in AD work, but to be a great AD, you have to love sport. You have to see what sport can accomplish in a child's life or a student's life. And you have to be willing to fight for that sport with um, sometimes not fight with, but fight for um, your sport in with your district, with your community, with your um, administration battle for what you believe in. Um, I think that's huge. And that speaks volume to your students, to your community, to your district. If you're willing to battle for them, it goes a long way um, for me um, as someone that would be willing to do that because I love sport. I know what it did for my life. Um, basically, sports probably you could say saved my life. Um, so it's a big thing in a lot of kids' lives and not to minimize it. So hire an A, uh, love your sport. 
um, and don't be seen as a leader. Um, be on the bottom, lifting everyone up. I think it would be probably my three great things. You can always be a great communicator, but sometimes you don't have to say anything at all to be a great communicator. So those are mine. I I love them, and I love the 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 perspective that you used, you know, for each one of those tools. Great stuff. Okay. Melissa, uh, thanks again for being on. Uh, once again, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and uh, add you to their network and listeners, I think you got a great resource here. Even if you don't have a kicker, you know, I, I, I think you should reach <laughs> out. Um, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? Sure, they can. Um, I'm on Twitter um, at Coach T4. I'm very passionate about sports and, you know, um, got a lot of connections in athletics. So if you're a kicker or if you know a great kicker that needs a home or something, I'm always recruiting and I can't stop the recruiter in me. Um, also, um, my email address is mtomlinson12812 at gmail.com. And I will, I will end with this for you guys. And I will tell you to any aspiring female who thinks that they want to be a football coach and think that it's not something that you can do. I will tell you that you just need to do it. Um, go out there, put yourself out there, but remember this, the, the ceiling is not glass. It is concrete. You do not just shatter it. You chip at it. And every day you have to go about your business doing it. And every little bit you do, every little chip you make, you never know when that ceiling is going to fall or when it's just going to be a crack for you to go in. But just keep chipping. Wow. Great, great uh, message uh, throughout our interview and, and great way to end it. Melissa Tomlinson, thanks again. All the best moving forward. Uh, I hope we're going to be able to see each other at the national conference coming up in December. And if not, Hey, we're just uh, up the road from uh, you. So uh, let's make yeah. plans to connect. Sure, sure. I enjoyed it. For our listeners, uh, we do this uh, just about every day and we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Of course, we appreciate you listening. Come back next time for uh, more great content and great guests on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time.